0: Happy Friday, everybody. Brewers Outlet Day. Stock up for the weekend right now. Let's just make that trip over to Reagan Street. Stock up for the weekend. Now, let's face it, you got a lot going on. Great, great games this weekend. Penn State, Ohio State tomorrow night. Then you've got the Eagles and Cowboys Sunday. Ravens and Steelers Sunday. You just want to kick back. A little cooler outside. After all that rain this week, You want to go to Brewer's Outlet. Imports Domestics Microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. Great selection of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The Pickle Bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, and not one, two, three, four, five, but six awesome flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Ki Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. All right. A lot going on. We're going to talk about the Nebraska situation in the next half hour. Brad Edwards, game day, four oh six today. The King at four thirty five. But we lead off with the Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics at Penn State, Sandy Barber. Sandy, it is always great to have you with us.
1: Thanks, Steve. Always, uh, always a pleasure.
0: Well, here we are. This is this is the part where we sit there and we tell everybody that instead of showing up in mass and being 112,000 strong or whatever the number happens to be, this is the time where you and I have to tell everybody you can best serve this great program by actually staying away.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, that's our reality. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we can't support the guys and, and that they don't feel it and uh, and understand the. Uh, the, the breadth and, and, and the weight of, of the Penn State Nation behind them. They, they absolutely do. Um, I, I, I know it from their conversations. Um, there were about 30 of us, uh, of, uh, of athletic department employees in the stadium yesterday putting in the, uh, the cutouts. Uh, and they're really cool. Uh, they, we, we had a lot of fun with it. Obviously, a lot of folks that we know, um, a lot of puppy dogs. Uh, Will be in, uh, in Beaver <laughs> Stadium on uh, Saturday. One squirrel, and oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's I just I really appreciate our our fans and and our most fervent uh, supporters and and all of the different ways that that they're going to support the guys. And we just ask that uh, that as you're doing it uh, at home in front of your TV with uh, maybe a few friends or, or family that uh, that you do it safely because uh, we want to make sure that. Um, that everybody remains safe and and healthy and that uh, that we figure out how to beat this virus
0: yeah we want to see each and every one of you if possible to start the 2021 season simple, simple uh, as absolutely. that. absolutely yeah uh, all right one team uh the one team initiative which has been very important uh, in the past year how much importance does it take on now moving forward with what you want to do
1: well, I, I think Steve. First, to your point, uh, you know that moniker, the, the one team. It's uh, you know it's it's something that uh, that I inherited coming to Penn State, and I know a lot of times new people make changes. Well, I have no interest in changing that because I think it's perfect. I think that's uh, that's what this community is about. Uh, that's what our department is about. That's what. 31 programs coming together as one team, uh, a one, uh, you know, really one purpose, and that's Penn State. Uh, and and so now, um, as we look at the financial realities of what COVID has uh, has done, it's what it's done to uh, to our uh, our revenues, our traditional revenues uh what it's done um, from an expense standpoint. There's certainly lots of places we've been able to save and we've had folks that have made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, but at the same time uh just one example uh you know the, the testing that we're doing uh for student athletes in order to keep the uh keep the venue, keep the field, keep the competitive arena Safe, uh, you know that doesn't come cheaply, uh, so that's an expense that's certainly on the uh, on the upswing. So we're uh, we're trying to lay that out uh, for our uh, our supporters, our fans, those that have always come to the rescue, uh, if you will, and uh, we're uh, we're laying out the story uh, about why we are where we are, and uh, hoping that uh, that they'll they'll understand the case. and and want to help uh, so that we can continue to provide this incredible experience to student-athletes and and continue to to fund it.
0: And it's safe to say that they have been, over the years and into the future, a critical part of the formula that makes Penn State successful in the classroom and also on the field.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, to, to resource the opportunities that our student athletes have academically in terms of the in terms of the academic support, uh, in, in in terms of all the different services around life skills. Uh, you, you know, we just uh, Charmel Green and I were were working today on on some uh, some preparation around uh, preparing. Uh, Educationally, uh, being able to prepare our student athletes for a new era as it relates to them being able to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness. Uh, so these, you know, these are all educational opportunities that uh, Penn State has always historically been really, really good at. Um, and therefore, as student athletes leave Penn State and as they finish up their uh, their both academic and athletic experience, they're prepared for what comes next. They're being prepared for a lifetime of impact. And uh, um, unfortunately, uh, that requires uh, resources. And, uh, and our, that, that's always been a very compelling story uh, for, for our donors and our fans and our community.
0: Uh, basketball wise we know about of course Jim Ferry is now the interim head basketball coach at Penn State you eloquently explained everything last week but I do want to get to one question dealing with basketball as we hit late October and they and for women's basketball and for men's basketball November 25th is the date they can start playing games how close are we in men's and women's basketball to a schedule
1: you put that very well, Steve. Uh, yeah, November twenty fifth is uh, is the first permissible contest, and uh, you know it's been a puzzle piece. Uh, the The Big Ten has not put out its its schedule yet. Uh, I think we're very, very close. Um, our uh, both our coaching staff men and women have been working on uh, a very small number of non-conference games kind of on the front end of that I believe uh, our non-conference games are looking like something between November 25th and maybe December 7th uh, something uh, something along those lines and as you might imagine um, uh, you know everybody's kind of uh, in the same boat uh, looking to fill uh, to fill games once their conference plate gets, that testing, uh, COVID-19 testing comes into the equation. We want to make sure, you know, unlike football, uh, where we didn't do, we're not playing out of conference, um, uh, we're going to allow that in, in a very limited way in uh, men's and women's basketball. Uh, and then, so therefore, you have to line up the testing to make sure that your opponent um, is, uh, is presenting kind of the same clean field uh, that the Big Ten's uh, daily antigen testing program is which both basketballs entered into, uh, they started that routine, that protocol on Monday. So um, it, it's, it's complicated. Uh, it's way more complicated than, than we would certainly want it to be, uh, but I think we're closing in on having a schedule that uh, that will be great for our young men and, and our young women, challenge them, um, and then send them into uh, to a 20-game conference season on both the men's and women's side.
0: So I've asked you before about uh, about fall sports going to spring. One I have not asked you about that I've had people ask me about, and you know which sport I'm going to ask about. People are wondering about what is going to happen or what do you know about the wrestling season?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, uh, I believe, their first uh, permissible contest is somewhere in that first week in January, somewhere between the 2nd and the 8th, I believe. And um, although certainly it's going to be a challenge from a COVID-19 protocol standpoint, uh, you know we are are moving uh, very intentionally and very judiciously towards uh, towards the wrestling season. Um, you know, not unlike Fagula uh, and the BJC, uh, we don't have uh, direction uh, yet from the Big Ten uh, as to what how how we're going to look at. Um, spectators, whether it be uh, whether we're going to adopt the same family uh, of student-athletes family of student-athletes and staff approach or whether we might then uh, be able to lean on the uh, uh, our governor's um, advice as it relates to, I think it would be uh, 10% uh, in in rec hall, Um, and and so therefore we would be able to to have some fans. So that remains to be seen. I know uh, a lot of interest in uh, coach sanderson's program and um as usual he's uh he, he, he and his staff have uh, have loaded up that uh, that roster and we're certainly looking forward to seeing him back on that
0: with all the challenges that everyone's had to face in your athletic department what kind of job has your staff done
1: <laughs> incredible um you know steve I, i've always felt this way but we, we have the most talented most dedicated um people in the world and, and that you know, that extends to every aspect of it. We've been talking about our community and our fans and, and our supporters, and I think they're absolutely incredible. But we have uh, we have a team, you know, it's, it's, it's that one team, uh, we have a team of folks, dedicated folks in, in Penn State athletics, whether they be coaches or, or people that work in our ticket office or that work on our grounds crew or that work in, in athletics, HR, or, or strategic communications or marketing. or you know, Obviously, I could go on and on and on. Uh, and uh, you know, at, at every turn, they've asked, you know, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? And, and we've got people that are are doing different roles they're they're doing their job six or seven hours a day their regular job um and then they're they're volunteering to put cutouts, install cutouts in uh in beaver <laughs> stadium or or they're volunteering to uh to be a door screener uh to do temperature checks on on teams coming into east area locker room or pagula or or uh or the vjc you name it any of our facilities and um I love them. Uh, they're, uh, they'll, they'll do anything uh, you, you ask them uh, to do. They love our student-athletes. They love Penn State. They're dedicated uh, to uh, to getting this thing done. And, um, you, you know, a lot of people talk about how hard this is um, because it's different. Uh, it's different. It's, it's unknown. Um, but we're learning every day. We're dedicated to learning and figuring out how to do this. Um, and as Carl Olson, our assistant athletic director for, for sports uh, psychology performance, said today, you know, we can do hard things. And, uh, and I think this, this team, this staff, our people, along with because of the backing uh, and along with our, our community behind us, you know, they're the wind in our sails. Um, we can do hard things. We do it all the time. And, uh, and, and that's not to, to minimize that this is hard. It really is. Um, but that's what we're built to do and that's, that's what we're going about doing and giving, uh, giving our student athletes an opportunity they so richly deserve.
0: I believe in a previous answer, uh, Sandy, you mentioned Ty what Charmel Green and name image and likeness came up. That'll be another tough decision coming up down the road, but it's going to be an NCAA decision. They put out some stuff right now about you know it's part of what the NCAA thought process is. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I, I think the devil is in the details. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, we, we we do have some legislation now to kind of chew on. That's why they put it out there. Uh, and then in January, my guess is that we will approve a framework, um, a framework of how we move forward through the spring semester uh, to where we get to uh, you know August 1, July July 30, June June 30. Where it will actually go into play for enrolled student athletes at, at that time, um, I do think as I look at what what's laid out there, there will be lots of decisions that universities still need to make um, about things that are permissive uh, within it. You know, are there going to be um, sponsorship categories that are that are off limits? And, I, and I'm sure that both from a business standpoint and from a reputational standpoint, Penn State will elect to to kind of block off. Um, some sponsorship areas. Um, you know, what are you going to do uh, uh, about autographs? What are you going to do about entrepreneurship? What are you going to do about... Is it, there there are all kinds of, um, of uh, decisions to be made. But at the same time, and, and I don't look forward to those, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really don't. Um, but there are, there is an aspect of this that I do look forward to. And that is um, the opportunity for uh, our young men and young women to, uh, to test their to test the waters as it relates to being entrepreneurs um, because I think there's so many life lessons in in that uh, for, for them so that that part I I do look forward to the part that will um, you know allow them to, to stretch and, and test and, and and grow and and in some ways figure out what they want to do with the rest of their life some mm-hmm. of this, And and that's why I I really don't like the term name, image, and likeness. It's the only one we have right now. (laughs) We're trying to come up. Honestly, we're trying to come up with another name for it because name, image, and likeness does it just says money to me. Yeah. It's you know how how do I how do I monetize my name, image, and likeness? And so much of it is it's so much more than that.
0: And I'm going to circle back to close with you where we started. Uh, about fans in the stadium, I, it, Penn State has followed the governor's guidelines to a T across the board. But I think what people do have to understand, and you know better than anybody, this is across the board in the Big Ten. This is a Big Ten guideline about fans in the stands. Simple. as
1: Correct. That. Yeah. No, Steve, you're you're right. It, it was originally early on when the governor's uh, guidance was 250. We were concerned about how we were even going to get the two teams in the building, right. um, and uh, and then sometime just after uh, the Big Ten announced that uh, that we were gonna we were gonna play football, um, and announced that we would be limited, if your local guidance allowed you to, that you would be limited to uh, families of players and, and, and staff. Uh, then uh, Governor Wolf. Uh, gave us a formula that would have allowed about uh, 7,500, um, in, in Beaver stadium. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I certainly wish from a fan standpoint and, and a program standpoint that we had fans in the stands. Um, uh, but I also know we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic and, and I want to keep everybody safe and, and healthy. Um, and, uh, and I certainly think that uh that this is one way. Not the only way, but this is one way to do it.
0: Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time tonight, Sandy. Really appreciate it and appreciate you.
1: Great to be with you, Steve. Right back at you.
0: Penn States Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics, Sandy Barber. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet patronage next half hour we're going to talk about Nebraska's problems with the Big Ten with Robin Washett from Rivals.com who covers them in Lincoln today's show brought to you by our great friends at Brewer's Outlet Reagan Street in summary the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK Your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Look, you got Penn State, Ohio State, Ravens and uh, Steelers. Uh, there's a scrimmage Sunday night. There's a lot of things going on. <laughs> what Scrimmage. You're not taking that game seriously, right?
1: <laughs> if it wasn't for the division, I'd say no.
0: No, I mean, Michaels and Collinsworth are like, I mean, they may not show.
1: (laughs) Michaels is probably asking for the fourth one for Tariqo to do.
0: In fact, I think Mike's on speed. Even Mike turned it down. All right, so. (laughs) Get Jack Collinsworth. No, even he said no. I mean, they're really, I mean, they're, they're struggling right now. I mean, Liam McHugh, no. All right, so. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Oh, and by the way, lots and lots of slushies, six of them. Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. All right. What is going on with Nebraska? I want to point out, I want to be fair about this. Let's start, you know, we always try to be fair about everything except for the scrimmage thing on Sunday night it's an actual game right? I'm not so sure I'm fair about the suit all the time either but most of that's accurate too alright so that's a different story the Wisconsin is not over the limit on coronavirus cases they're at 16 9 staff members including Paul Christ 7 student athletes They are not over the limit. The guidelines of the Big Ten set, they're not over. But they elected not to play. You're trying to get a handle on it right now. And... uh, So Nebraska tries to go out and schedule a game. Call one of my old friends, Mark Warden, who's now the athletic director at Tennessee Chattanooga and they set it up 200 250,000 all set and the big Ten said no you can't do that and the big 10 and now now in fairness the Big Ten also said on July 9th no non-conference games except for a bowl game that's back in July 9th So with that, let's bring in Robin Washit, who covers Nebraska in Lincoln for Rivals.com. Robin, great to have you with us. Welcome.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So how did this play out? How did Nebraska, how did Bill Moose get a hold of uh, Mark Wharton down at UTC? And I know Mark. I've known Mark for years. How did he get a hold of Mark Wharton at UTC to to at least get the ball on this thing rolling? Because the Wisconsin deal didn't happen until early in this week.
2: Well, I know that Nebraska has been uh, exploring all possible plan B options under the assumption that games were going to get canceled under this current plan, uh, you know, especially when, uh, you know, there's that whole initial conversation, even before the new schedule came out of, you know, if the Big Ten not going to let us play this fall, can we just play games on our own? And uh, so they've been making phone calls for a long time and there's been several other schools that I'm sure that they've reached out to about, you know, um, if, if something comes up, would you be available? And, you know, I think they had a short list of schools that, you know, potentially could, uh, come up if a situation like the Wisconsin one, uh, arose. And so this wasn't something where, you know, the, the news breaks, uh, over the weekend and they're just scrambling, making phone calls. I think that you know, they already had some discussions in place and, uh, once that became official, that you know, the game was canceled, they uh, started calling around and saying, "Hey, if we can make this happen, are you down to play?" And you know, Tennessee Chattanooga was uh, one of those schools that was like, "Yes, at the drop of the hat. Like, we'll get our trucks loaded, we will be ready to go. We've got all our testing done uh, by Wednesday night. Uh, all you need to do is tell us that you know you got the green light, and we'll make this happen." Well, uh, it got basically to the point where all they needed was the Big Ten to sign off on it, and. You know, once again, uh, the Big Ten had other ideas about how this season is going to operate when it comes to playing outside of the conference. So it's been a crazy couple of days, but this was definitely something that had been uh, kind of on the back burner for much longer than just this week.
0: But this is also another in a list where Nebraska appears on the surface from the outside looking into being conflict in the, in the Big Ten. How do you view that? I mean, it's
2: definitely the case. I mean, there's a vastly differing viewpoints on how this season could and should be handled, Uh, you know, especially with schools like Nebraska that, you know, despite the, the COVID numbers around here skyrocketing seemingly by the day. You know, Nebraska feels like they have a a pretty darn good handle on just the the daily testing and, uh, you know, trying to maintain a a bubble situation within their program uh, to where that they feel like they they can play and they can do so safely. Where, uh, you know, the Big Ten is operating under a much higher level of caution and precaution that, you know, they don't want to take any unnecessary risks. And so that's kind of where it starts, where, you know, Nebraska's saying, we're doing everything right. Uh, You know, we feel comfortable that we can pull this off and do it safely, uh, and, you know, everybody wins as a result of it, where the Big Ten's like, we have rules in place, and our schools are expected to follow those rules, you know, regardless of uh, whatever new situation might come about. So, I mean, that is kind of just the, the basis of it. But it, it seems like it's deeper rooted than that. Um, you know, I think that there's just a kind of a whole cultural difference, really, between, uh, you know, the, the leadership at Nebraska and the rest of the big 10 conference you know i think that they fall more in line with the way of thinking uh, of the big 12 and sec uh and that's kind of where i think this thing really kind of gets a little bit messier than just can we play or can we not uh so it's something that isn't going to go away anytime soon especially with what has happened over the course of this year uh you know, the, the relationship is uh, strained, to say the least. And, you know, I don't know how long and what it's going to take to repair that and if it can be repaired at this point uh, as far as, uh, you know, going back to the feel-good, you know, welcome to the Big Ten. It was a decade ago.
1: All
0: right, so that brings up the next part. There is obviously a media media grant of rights involved here. The only one that doesn't have one among the Power Five conferences, to my understanding, is the SEC. Uh, But at some point, a media grant of rights runs out. Uh, If that were to happen, would Nebraska make itself a free agent?
2: I would not rule it out. Uh, Obviously, it would be uh, at the expense of several million dollars. I think someone uh, within the university that I talked to recently uh, said that, you know, they crunched their own little numbers and they... I mean this is nobody's making any decisions, mind you, just somebody that uh sure. did some number crunching on this. Uh and they said it would be probably about an eleven million dollar hit to leave the Big Ten just based off the money they're making right now off of T V and, and everything else.
0: That so, would be that we, would be per year, Robin. Right. Correct. Yes, correct. Okay.
2: So so I mean that's substantial, but you know, at the same time you gotta wonder, uh if if Nebraska would consider that kinda of be an acceptable loss given the amount of conflict they've had, uh, seemingly at every step of the way uh, this this year, and so we'll see. And I, I mean, it seems like this is nothing that's going to happen anytime in the immediate future. Uh, but down the road, if this relationship doesn't uh, kind of mend itself, uh, it, I would not rule it out whatsoever. I know the Big Twelve would uh, welcome Nebraska back with open arms because uh, you know, that that TV market brings a lot of eyeballs to your league uh, and. You know, I I would just assume that would be kind of a seamless cultural fit, uh, you know, geographically uh, and and all that, that despite the money you would lose uh, from, from a revenue standpoint, you know, maybe long term, it would be the better fit. So I certainly would not rule that option out. But again, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen for it to get that far along to where the leadership at Nebraska would legitimately consider it.
0: With Robin Washington from Huskers Online, Rivals Network. Robin, so when you have the type of job that you have, it's not just being a reporter and talking to people in the athletic department. You also have a lot of contact with fans. So give me a read. What do the fans like about the Big Ten? What don't they like about the Big Ten?
2: Well, uh, you know, I mean, there is that... that added element of prestige and you know go back to 2010 when Nebraska was doing anything it could to leave the Big 12 right and uh, the uh, the whole thinking was that they have to get out of the headlock of Texas you know the fact that the University of Texas had such power in the Big 12 where they completely shifted everything in their favor from uh you know moving the Big 12 championship permanently down to Texas to basically just having it be a Texas-based league, you know Nebraska, they wanted out, and going to the Big Ten was kind of just this dream world where, uh, you know, we're going to this established brand, you know, with these uh, traditional powerhouses that are a lot like ourselves at that time, uh, on, from a football standpoint, and then obviously the academic part of it, it was going to be a huge boost to the to the university uh, to be affiliated with that conference, and so uh, it made a lot of sense, but obviously. Nebraska didn't bring what it was supposed to bring to the table from a football standpoint and then you know the league did Nebraska very little favors with uh you know just not necessarily giving them uh, maybe some of the benefits that other traditional schools in the conference get and so uh you know it's kind of one of those deals where now 10 years later you're looking at it as you know why are we doing this? You know the Big Ten's like why is Nebraska here, and Nebraska's like why are we in this league? And so that's kind of the fan viewpoint. Is you know what what has been the benefit of this move? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily worked out nearly the way either side thought. And so while there are a lot of positives for Nebraska being in this league, you know like I said, uh, the money first and foremost, and then uh, just the prestige factor and the academics. You know, from a competitive standpoint, I think people are kind of looking back at what they had in the Big 12 and thinking, you know, uh, having, having a little bit of buyer's remorse uh, of trying to jump out of there so fast. So, fans are emotional, especially in Lincoln, Nebraska, and around this program. Uh, so, right now, they're caught up in the moments of feeling, you know, disrespected and all that stuff. But I think, you know, if they're the reasonable ones, are able to kind of take take a step back and realize that just because we're having difficulty playing football in 2020 doesn't necessarily mean that we're in this us against the world situation where the Big 10 is just trying to hurt Nebraska at every step.
0: I know Penn State's in this crazy conference schedule uh deal the next, you know, that started a couple of years ago. we at the end of the season, you know, they play Michigan State, well, then they play Maryland, then they play Rutgers, and you know, and nothing gets established. It's, it's to be frank with you, it's illogical. Uh, I know they're trying to establish something. That's just not there. Nebraska's had that end-of-the-season game on a Friday with Iowa. Now, I noticed that in the schedule it's there. It's not the end of the season for obvious reasons. But I had heard rumors that they were they were going to start rotating Nebraska at the end of the season in terms of who they were playing. Is that true or not? For Iowa. Penn State, playing Iowa. I- no, playing Iowa. On that, fr- well, on that Friday. They're going to do it this year, but I heard that they might start rotating that game at the end of the season for them, too. Now, that doesn't mean it's true. I just want to know if, if that's what you heard.
2: Well, I know that uh, for, you know, originally this year and then next season, uh, Nebraska was going to be playing Minnesota uh, on the last week of the season because that's our previous, af- uh, previous athletic director, Sean Eichhorst, for whatever reason, wanted to spice things up and eliminate, like, uh, one of the... Uh, you know most like traditions about nebraska football scheduling so yeah. that was going to go away in 2021 and they were going to go back to uh it being iowa nebraska on friday okay. every year so that, you know maybe there had been some discussions when nebraska initially backed out of that but uh, i do know that seemingly every comment from from iowa's perspective you know from their athletic yeah. director kirk parents they seem all about it where, where they they are embracing the Black Friday tradition and then obviously, you know, it's something Nebraska has been doing for, for decades now and so they're going to do all they can to try to preserve that element of their schedule to where every Black Friday they're going to be playing football
0: Is um, is there a realization in Nebraska that Scott Frost who's a fine coach, by the way he really is, that this is going to take longer than maybe even they thought
2: yeah, I mean, again, it depends on who you ask. There are some people that uh wanted him fired near one and then there's people that you know <laughs> give him a lifetime contract. So, I think I think this was going to be the year, you know, before COVID, that Nebraska obviously needed to start showing progress on the field when it came to wins and losses. I mean, four wins, you can't do that very long no matter how many national championships you won as a quarterback here. Uh they they needed to start uh, getting uh, tangibly competitive to where, you know, they were winning games and going to bowl games and, uh, you know, not getting blown out in every quote-unquote big-time matchup that they had. So yeah. uh, that was supposed to happen this year. And, you know, you go into year three of a head coach, that's, that's pretty standard. And I'm not saying they were going to go, you know, 10 wins or anything like that, but, you know, have a winning record. Go to a bowl game. I mean, those types of expectations, I think, were very legitimate, and most people had that in their mind, that uh, that was a very reasonable uh, standard to set for this year. Well, then, all the craziness happened, and uh, it's almost like this year's kind of just a a free pass, as it should be with just the the chaos. But going into year four, I think that only furthers. I mean, despite... uh, as wild as this year has been you're still in year four as a program and you still have uh four years of four or five years of recruiting classes uh and a complete roster overhaul that you've managed since day one that you've been here right. Now is the time for you to start winning and so i think that while people are trying to stay patient uh if it's not this year, then it better be next year that Nebraska get, you know, winning games, going to bowl games, and uh, being competitive in the Big Ten West. I think that's the bare minimum of expectations in 2021.
0: Obviously, uh, in getting ready to broadcast the Penn State-Ohio State game on Saturday night, I watched the Ohio State-Nebraska tape. I-, I thought Adrian Martinez with his legs gave a great account of himself, but not as a thrower. Is he still the guy?
2: For now, uh, it's You know, they went into camp, Scott Frost said himself, they feel like they have two starting quarterbacks. And you get the sense that there is a very short leash on Adrian right now. And, you know, maybe they didn't want to throw Luke McCaffrey out to the Wolves at Ohio State week one in his first ever collegiate start. But, you know, I guess now that they don't have a game this week, if they go out and Adrian struggles at Northwestern, you know maybe you're looking at a real scenario where they're making a quarterback change uh, maybe for uh, the Penn State game or or shortly after that because they really like Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez has had two years where you know he's shown flashes but it hasn't been nearly consistent enough and keep in mind this is a guy that hasn't finished a full season uh, since he was a junior in high school and so he's got an injury track record that durability is a real concern and so uh, right now, he's their starting quarterback, and he showed some good things, I guess, uh, in that Ohio State game. Yeah, but it's got to be better uh, because he's got a guy that is literally on his heels right now in Luke McCaffrey, who they are very excited about and already is kind of the uh, you know fan uh, favorite, uh, you know, as the backup quarterback usually is. But uh, he, what he showed in that that Ohio State game with his versatility and dynamic playmaking. That's something that Adrian hasn't shown in a long time, basically since his freshman year. So uh, Adrian's got to get it going uh, for for him to maintain that starting job because, like I said, I think that leash is awfully short, and the more he struggles, the shorter it's going to get.
0: Robin, thank you so much for your time today. I know we got you last second. You jumped right in, and we appreciate that very much.
2: No problem. Always happy to help.
0: Robin Wash Rivals.com working on a Lincoln. Brad Edwards, game day, next half hour. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070, WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Chickalemi football tonight at 7. Airtime 6.30 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK with Kevin and the Chief. See if they can make it uh, two in a row to close, huh? Get a third win. Offensively, they were tremendous last week. They had Midwest tonight. Lewisburg's on 100.9, the Valley, and... Playoff time between Sealens Grove and shamokin The rematch. Now, if our Eagle 107 broadcast team, let's face it, how much prep did they actually do for this game? They just did it. Brad Edwards, ESPN Game Day, next half hour. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK.